Sergeant? Yes, sir. Establish a recon post downstairs. Code red, repeat. We are at code red. Recon plan, Charlie. Execute. Move, 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 move. It's a... It's a big one. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Star Command, come in. Do you read me? The story of two toys. Ooh. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Headed for a showdown. My name is Woody. This is my spot. Ah! I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. You are a child's plaything! You are a sad, strange little man. And playing by their own rules. Draw! me again. I don't like confrontations. Buzz, look an alien! Where? <laughs> You're mocking me, aren't you? <laughs> oh, impressive wingspan. Very good. <laughs> oh, what? What? You can't fly. Yes, I can. Can't. Can. Can't. 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 The adventure takes off. When toys come to life. To infinity and beyond. Toy Story. Look out! Welcome to Sunday Fun Day. It is one of the best days that we do around here. We're honored that you're here today. Not only is it Sunday Fun Day, but we're also in the very last week of a series that we've been doing called At the Movies. And I hope that you've enjoyed this series as much as I've enjoyed teaching it. And so one of the things that we've been doing in this At The Movie series, we've been showing a variety of clips from some of Blockbuster's biggest films. And then from those clips, we've been pulling out some spiritual truths and some spiritual lessons. That approach is a little different than what most of us might be familiar with on a Sunday morning, but I think it's a lot more similar to how Jesus would have taught when he walked this earth. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught in parables, and a parable is a short story that's used to bring about a spiritual lesson or a spiritual truth, and that's really what At The Movies does. And so today we're going to look at the movie Toy Story, and I'll show you that in a minute. Let me give you two quick announcements. So jot these down in your smartphone or wherever you're writing notes. I do want to remind you that this Wednesday night, this upcoming Wednesday night, is our first Wednesday. We do the first Wednesday gathering, the first Wednesday of every single month. It's an extended time of worship, a powerful a message. We also do communion there on first Wednesday. This upcoming first Wednesday at both of our campuses is special because we're doing child dedication and water baptism. So if you are interested in signing up to have your child dedicated or if you want to be baptized, visit our website, mygochurch.com. You can sign up for both of those. At our Germantown campus, you're going to be led in worship by one of our monthly ministry partners, Far Flung Tin Can. Say that eight times fast. They'll be with all of you to lead you in worship. And then here at South Metro campus, uh, my spiritual mentor, one of my spiritual fathers, Bishop Tom Madden, will be here. He's going to be preaching this Wednesday night. And then just to conclude the whole celebration of First Wednesday with water baptism and child dedication, both campuses, cupcakes for everybody. Come on now. So... And, and these are like low-calorie cupcakes. Now, nah, there it is. There it is. So come out this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at either one of our campuses. Uh, it's going to be a great night. And then this is the last week of our At The Movie series. That means that beginning next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series. And I don't know if you know this or not, but next week is the 35th anniversary of the movie Ghostbusters. Come on now. That'll date some of us, won't it? So with that, and actually the original Ghostbusters is going to be played in movie theaters next weekend, just so you know. So we're going to do a series called this, I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts. Come on now. 
Yeah, you want to be here for that because we're going to talk about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and I'm excited to share with you a few weeks on that. So we kick that off next Sunday at both of our campuses. Now, there's, there are four different Toy Story films that we could choose from, one, two, three, four. All of them are fantastic, and I, I, I can't say this factually, but it seems like with each new Toy Story they make, uh, the plot thickens and the income grows. Come on now. But I'm, I'm going to use today the original Toy Story, the OG of all Toy Stories. 1995, Toy Story debuted as one of the first ever animated feature films that Disney and Pixar did. And this movie, if you've seen it, then you know, especially if you have kids or grandkids, you know that it is quickly like a family favorite. The story is about this boy named Andy. Andy's got a bunch of toys. And these toys come to life whenever Andy leaves the room or whenever Andy goes to sleep. And I know what some of you are thinking, well, that's an interesting plot for a film. Unless you have children or you have grandchildren and you've experienced that toy coming to life in the middle of the night. That's not a dream, ladies and gentlemen. That's called a nightmare. Come on, somebody. I remember when Lakeland was really little, we had this little toy train that would sing a song and it always sang a song at about 3 a.m. in the morning. Come on. And Kimberly always would swear up and down that somebody was breaking into our house as we quickly awakened to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I'd run into the living room like Magnum P.I. or something like that trying to kill this toy. So if you've ever experienced a toy coming to life, you know how a little crazy that can actually be. Now, this movie uh, focuses in on two primary characters, and, and most of you know this. So I want you to hang in with me today because I think you're really going to enjoy not only the clips we show, but also the message that will come from that. The two primary characters are Sheriff Woody. Sheriff Woody is this uh, kind of old pull-string cowboy. And then, of course, the infamous Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear is a state-of-the-art space ranger, and he's got wings and, and laser beams. Now, until Buzz arrives as a surprise gift on one of Andy's birthday parties, Sheriff Woody is Andy's favorite toy. Everywhere that Andy goes, Sheriff Woody goes with him. Even at night when all of the other toys are put into a toy chest for the evening, Sheriff Woody gets to sleep in the same bed with Andy. And Andy even wrote his name on the bottom of Sheriff Woody's boot. And so they've got this special kind of relationship. Unfortunately, for Sheriff Woody, everything changes when old Buzz Lightyear shows up on the scene. Check out this first clip. Hey, look, it's lasers light up. Take that, Zerg. Quick, make a space. This is where the spaceship lands. And the Pistol Factory does a karate chop action. What is it? Can you see what it? What the heck is up there? Woody, who's up there with you? <coughs> uh, Woody, what are you doing under the bed? Uh, nothing, uh, nothing. I'm sure Andy was just a little excited, that's all. Too much cake and ice cream, I suppose. It's just a mistake. Well, that mistake is sitting in your spot, Woody. <laughs> Have you been replaced? Hey, what did I tell you earlier? No one is getting replaced. Now, let's all be polite and give whatever it is up there a nice, big, Andy's room welcome. 
Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? Why don't they answer? <gasps> My ship! Blast. This will take weeks to repair. Buzz Lightyear mission log, stardate 4072. My ship is run off course en route to Sector 12. I've crash landed on a strange planet. The impact must have awoken me from hypersleep. Terrain seems a bit unstable. No readout yet if the air is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry, howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. That's all I wanted to say. And also, there has been a bit of a mix-up. This is my... Spot, see, the bed here. Local law enforcement. It's about time you got here. I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Universe Protection Unit. My ship has crash-landed here by mistake. Yes, it is a mistake, because, you see, the bed here is my spot. I need to repair my turbo boosters. Do people still use fossil fuels, or have you discovered crystallic fusion? Well, let's see. Uh, we got double A's. <gasps> Watch yourself. Ooh. Ooh. Who goes there? Don't shoot. It's okay. Friends. Do you know these life forms? <laughs> yes. They're Andy's toys. All right, everyone, you're clear to come up. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Oh, I'm so glad you're not a dinosaur. Wait, wait. Thank you. Now, thank you all for your kind welcome. Say, what's that button do? I'll show you. Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Oh. Hey, Woody's got something like that. His is a pool strike. Only, only it sounds like a car ran over it. Oh, yeah, but not like this one. This is a quality sound system. Probably all copper wiring, huh? So, uh, where are you from? Singapore? Hong Kong? Well, no. Actually, I, I'm, I'm stationed up in the Gamma Quadrant of Sector 4. As a member of the elite Universe Protection Unit of the Space Ranger Corps, I protect the galaxy from the threat of invasion from the evil Emperor Zerg, sworn enemy of the Galactic Alliance. Oh, really? I'm from Play School. And I'm from Mattel. Well, I'm not really from Mattel. I'm actually from a smaller company that was purchased in the leveraged buyout. Well, I don't really... You think they've never seen a new toy before? Well, sure. Look at him. He's got more gadgets on him than a Swiss Army knife. Ah, 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 ah. Please be careful. You don't want to be in the way when my laser goes off. Hey, a laser! How come you don't have a laser, Woody? It's not a laser. It's a, it's a little light bulb that blinks. What's with him? Laser envy. All right, that's enough. Look, we're all very impressed with Andy's new toy. Toy? T-O-Y. Toy. Excuse me, I, I think the word you're searching for is Space Ranger. The word I'm searching for, I can't say, because there's preschool toys present. Getting kind of tense, aren't you? Oh, uh... Mr. Lightyear, uh, now I'm curious. What does a space ranger actually do? He's not a space ranger. He doesn't fight evil or, or shoot lasers or fly. Excuse me. Oh, oh impressive wingspan. Very good. Oh, what? What? These are plastic. He can't fly. They are a terillium carbonic alloy, and I can fly. No, you can't. <laughs> yes. I can. You can. 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 I'll tell you, I could fly around this room with my eyes closed. Okay, then, Mr. Lightbeer, prove it. All right, then I will. Stand back, everyone. To infinity. 
and beyond. I found my moving buddy. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you all. Thank you. That wasn't flying. That was falling with style. Man, the dolls must really go for you. Can you teach me that? <laughs> Golly, Bob Addy. Oh, shut up. In a couple of days, everything will be just the way it was. They'll see. They'll see. I'm still Andy's favorite toy. Come on, don't you love this movie, by the way? It's a classic. Let me pull out some spiritual truth from the clip you just saw. So, so what's happening is Andy's attention has now shifted from Sheriff Woody to Buzz Lightyear, and all of the other toys are also giving this new toy all of the attention. And, and as you can see, Sheriff Woody is starting to become a little jealous. He's starting to become a little envious. He start, he start, as a matter of fact, jealousy and envy are emotions of comparison, and that, that's what he's doing. He's beginning to compare himself. If you're taking notes, and I want you to do that, write this thought down. But jealousy and envy are birthed from insecurity. And the, these emotions, uh, jealousy and envy, they come from comparison, and they're very, very dangerous. So here's what's happening in this, in this clip that you saw, and really kind of the foundation of the movie in its beginning. Because of Sheriff Woody's insecurity, he begins to compare and the comparing leads him to being jealous and envious. So now I know this is a movie about toys, but come on. We've all done that. We've all experienced the undertow of what we call the comparison trap. And we do it in just about every season of our life, every stage of our life, in every area of our life. So you can start with our appearance. So there are times that we look at our appearance and we feel kind of confident in ourselves until we go to the gym and see that there are people in better shape than we are. Yeah. We do it with our car. So we're totally fine with our car until one of our friends gets a new car. And then we begin to question everything about our car. And we start to think, man, I might need a new car too. We do it with our house. Let me tell you, everybody lean in for a second. Kimberly, don't listen to me. That's my wife. Lean out, Kimberly. Everybody else lean in. There is nothing wrong with our house until we watch Fixer Upper. Come on now. And now shiplap has to be thrown up on every wall because all of a sudden our house, because we're comparing our house to fix, we ain't got that kind of budget. I'm better now. Thank you for that therapeutic moment. We even do it in our spiritual walk. You download like the Bible app where you can see some of your friends reading along and you think, man, they're reading more Bible verses in a day than I've read all year. And we compare, we compare. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it's a deadly trap. It's a deadly trap because the emotions of comparison are, are jealousy and envy. And let me take you back a few years ago, the Summer Olympics uh, 2016. Michael Phelps is coming out of retirement. And he retired after the 2012 Olympics, after he raced in the 200-meter butterfly, and he was beaten by a young guy named Chad LeClaw. 
Fast forward to 2016, Phelps comes out of retirement. He's going to swim again in the exact same event that the current defending champion, Chad LeClaw, was going to swim in. Now, if you remember in 2012, in 2016, rather, this moment, Chad LeClaw is backstage before the swim meet. He's dancing around. He's listening to music. He's arrogant. He's taunting Michael Phelps. But Phelps is very, very focused. Well, as soon as uh, the starter begins and they dive into the swimming pool for the 200-meter butterfly, Chad LeClaw realizes quickly that Phelps is still the greatest swimmer of all time. And there was a moment, and you right, might remember this picture, where during the swim meet, Chad LeClaw looked over and compared where he was in the race compared to where Michael Phelps was in the race. This was an iconic moment, by the way, and social media caught wind of this, and, and there were all kinds of posts. Uh, you might remember this one. Winners focus on winning while losers focus on winners. Now, now that, that's not the point of this message, and at least not the point of this moment. The point of this moment is, is that you and I, we've got to stop focusing on everybody else. Come on, help me out. We, we've got to stop comparing where we are to where everybody else is. There's nothing you can do about anybody else, but there is some things and are some things you can do about you. So if you get your eyes off of the comparison trap of everybody else and you start to fix your eyes on yourself, it will always turn out better. As a matter of fact, listen to me, lean in. Somebody will always have a bigger err. What does that even mean? I'm going to tell you. There will always be somebody richer. There will always be somebody skinnier. There will always be somebody smarter and prettier and happier and cooler and talented-er. That's not a word. Just hang in there with me. Come on. There's always going to be somebody healthier. Stop focusing on everybody else's er. And let me tell you, this is what we do. So when we realize, well, somebody else has a bigger er, well, let's have kids. Because nobody's kids will have a bigger er than our own kids. Our kids are going to have the biggest er until you put them in baseball. And then you realize, wait, that kid can pitch faster than my kid. So let's put them in basketball. And then you realize that kid can jump higher than my kid. And then you look at academics. That kid can learn quicker than my kid. That kid studies harder than my kid. And this is a real life example for me. Now we're learning that there are other kids that have straighter teeth than ours. <laughs> and I got to take out a second mortgage to pay for braces for the doctor. Come on now. And here's what we do. We compare to everybody else's life and everybody else's children, and deep down inside, we hate them. You don't want to, but you do. Because you're comparing, you're jealous, and you're envious. Right, write this thought down. Watch this. There, there is no win in comparison. Now, at both campuses, we're going to say this, but we're actually going to say this word, comparison. I know it's comparison, but it, we're going to say comparison, and we're going to say it that way for two reasons. Number one, because comparison rhymes with win. Come on now. And then number two, and this is more important, because comparison is a sin, because it leads to the emotions of jealousy and envy and selfish ambition 
Watch, watch this. You ready? Both campuses, count of three. Say this with me aloud. One, two, three. There is no win in comparison. Say it again. One, two, three. There is no win in comparison. So stop looking at everybody else's er and just focus on your life. On what, stop looking at what everybody else has and focus in on what you do have. Let me give you, let me give you one verse to, to back up what I'm trying to challenge you with. Almost all of us can quote John 3.16, but what about James 3.16? James says it like this, for where you have envy, wherever you've got jealousy, Wherever you wrestle with that selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Do you see that? And this is what's happening. This storyline, it plays out that way. A Sheriff Woody becomes incredibly envious of Buzz. He becomes very jealous of Buzz. I mean, now it's Woody who has to sleep in the toy chest at night while Buzz gets all of the privileges that Sheriff Woody once had with Andy. So Sheriff Woody says, I, I've got to eliminate this guy. I've got to take him out because if he's no longer in the picture, then I'll once again reign as Andy's favorite toy. Now, with that type of jealousy, with that type of envy, with that type of selfish ambition, there was evil practice and it landed Buzz Lightyear and Sheriff Woody at Sid's house. Sid is the neighbor of Andy. Sid is a mischievous little boy that collects toys he unassembles them and then reassembles them with different body parts, making them really scary. Or at times, he'll just destroy a toy for no reason. Now, while Buzz, Lightyear, and Sheriff Woody are held hostage at Sid's house, they make this escape plan. While Buzz Lightyear is trying to escape, he sees on a TV commercial, a commercial that's being played about a new toy called Buzz Lightyear. And for Buzz Lightyear watching this commercial about himself, it created a moment that he realizes Sheriff Woody was right all along. Buzz doesn't have any special powers. His, his beam is just a blinking light. His, his spaceship is only made out of cardboard and he's not really a space ranger. He's simply a toy. And suddenly, ladies and gentlemen, Buzz Lightyear starts to feel worthless. Check out this next clip. Calling Buzz Lightyear. Come in, Buzz Lightyear. This is Star Command. Buzz Star Lightyear, Command. Do you read me? Buzz Lightyear responding. Read you loud and clear. Buzz Lightyear. Planet Earth needs your help. On the way. Buzz Lightyear. The world's greatest superhero. Now the world's greatest toy. Buzz has it all. Blocking risk communicator. Calling Buzz Lightyear. Karate chop action. Wow. Pulsating laser light. Multi phase voice simulator. Uncharted space. In the secret mission, in uncharted space. And best of all, high-pressure space wings. Do it, and beyond. Not a flying toy. Get your Buzz Lightyear action figure and save a galaxy near you. Buzz Lightyear. Available at all Al's Toy Bound outlets in the Tri-County area.
Come on, some of us are crying at Toy Story now. It's emotional. And I'll tell you why it's emotional is because this picture represents so many of us and where we've been before. Look, it's emotional because you know and I know what it's like to have a crushed ego. You know and I know what it's like to have our, our, our pride kind of revealed to us. We, we know what it's like to be vulnerable. We know what it's like to feel helpless. We, we know what it's like to be broken and alone, whether in mind, body, or, or spirit. So yeah, of course the clip feels emotional. And at the end of the day, we can call this day whatever we want to. We call it Sunday fun day. But for many of you, there's nothing fun about today. You walked into an auditorium at either one of our campuses and, and you're going through an ugly divorce. What? What's fun about that? You feel more like this, broken and hurt and crushed. Listen, some of you, you've walked into the auditorium today and, and you've got family drama. And listen to me, there, there is not a greater pain than pain caused by family. And so you've walked in with this heaviness and you feel broken and you, you feel alone. Some of you, you've walked in today and you're, you're dealing with, with the emotion and grief because of someone that you love has died. Hey, man, we, we've been preparing for Sunday Funday for weeks and this has been a busy week. And in the middle of preparing, we hosted a, a beautiful celebration ceremony for a nine-year-old fourth grade girl that went to sleep one night and didn't wake up the next morning. So, so, of course, it's emotional because life hurts. Life is painful. Can anybody testify to that or is it just me? I mean, some of you, you've walked in and, and look, you just got terminated from your job or you got transitioned in your job or you can't find a job and so you're humiliated. So, yes, it's emotional because we've all been there. We've all felt that. You've heard me say this before, but write it down. Life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. Come on, let me encourage you for just a moment. There, there is a blessing inside of whatever the breaking is that you're walking through. Come on and help me preach. Oh, come on. Do you believe that? There is a blessing in the breaking. Let, let me give you an example. Maybe this will help, help uh, connect a little better. You can't get the egg without breaking the shell. 
And whatever it is that God wants to pull out from inside of you, maybe you've got to go through the season of breaking in order to get to the blessing, but I've just come to speak life over you. If you hang in there, if you don't quit, if you don't grow weary in doing what is right in a good season, in the right season, you'll reap a harvest because there is a blessing in the breaking. As a matter of fact, both campuses on the count of three, look at the person next to you and tell them that there's a blessing in the breaking. One, two, three. There is a blessing in the breaking. I've been praying this verse over you all before you even got here. All week I've been praying this. May the God of hope and whatever brokenness you're experiencing, may the God of hope fill you with what? Man, I want, I want you to experience joy and more than I want you to experience joy. God wants you to experience joy. In the middle of your brokenness, experience joy and what? As you trust in him. Hey, right now in the broken season, don't turn from God, turn to God as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, which by the way, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Give, give me the Holy Spirit so that I can experience joy and peace and overflow with hope. Let me give you a few more verses to encourage you. We also glory in our brokenness. We can glory in the breaking because we know that suffering, we know that brokenness produces perseverance. And watch what perseverance produces. Character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Listen to me. There is a blessing in the breaking. There is a blessing in the breaking. What the devil meant for evil, God will get good. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, is this, is this touching anybody's heart today? So, so you feel broken, but if you hang in there, there is a blessing. Let's go back to our movie because our time's running out. So, uh, Buzz, through this process, he's broken, and he finds out that, that he's not alone. And listen to me, you're not alone either. There are other people that are broken, and together, to, you got a friend in me. Come on now. Together, you can overcome whatever it is you're walking through. He's not alone. And then he also learns that help is coming from the most unexpected places. So this mischievous kid named Sid, he puts all of these scary toys together and these weird looking toys in Sid's bedroom actually come together to repair Buzz's broken arm. But they're not the only one to jump into this rescue mission. Guess who else is there to help Buzz restore self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-worth? I think you know who it is, but let's take a look. Buzz! Boy, you disgusting! Hey, hey, they fixed you. But, but they're cannibals. We saw them eat those other toys. Uh, sorry. 
I, I, I thought that you were gonna, <laughs> you, know, you know, eat my friend. No, no, hey, hey, what's wrong? Sin? No, no, Mom, I'm busy. Sid! Buzz, come on, get up. Use your legs. Fine, let's sit trash but don't blame me. It came! It finally came! <laughs> the big one. Extremely dangerous. Keep out of reach of children. Cool. What am I gonna blow? Man. Hey, where's that wimpy cowboy doll? I've always wanted to put a spaceman into orbit. See if you can get this toolbox off me. Oh, come on, Buzz. I. Buzz, I can't do this without you. I need your help. I can't help. I can't help anyone. But sure you can, Buzz. You can get me out of here. And then I'll get that rocket off you, and we'll make a break for Andy's house. Andy's house, Sid's house. What's the difference? Oh, Buzz. You've had a big fall. You, you must not be thinking clearly. No, Woody. For the first time, I am thinking clearly. You were right all along. I'm not a space ranger. I'm just a toy, a stupid little insignificant toy. Whoa, hey, wait a minute. Being a toy is a lot better than being a, a space ranger. Yeah, right. No, it is. Look, over in that house is a kid who thinks you are the greatest. And it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. You are his Toy. But why would Andy want me? Why would Andy want you? Look at you! You're a Buzz Lightyear! Any other toy would give up his moving parts just to be you. You've got wings! You glow in the dark! You talk! Your helmet does that, that, that whoosh thing! You are a cool toy! As a matter of fact, you're too cool. I mean... I mean, what chance does a toy like me have against a Buzz Lightyear action figure? All I can do is... There's a snake in my boots! Why would Andy ever want to play with me when he's got you? I'm the one that should be strapped to that rocket.
Listen, Buzz, forget about me. You should get out of here while you can. Buzz, what are you doing? I thought you... Come on, Sheriff. There's a kid over in that house who needs us. Now let's get you out of this thing. Yes, sir! Let me show you one of the greatest lines in, in the whole movie. Sheriff Woody says to Buzz, and this is, this is so important, he says, over in that house is a kid who thinks you're the greatest. And it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. You are his toy. Let me, let me tell you why that's so important. It's because in that moment, Buzz Lightyear realizes that he is important not because of what he does, but he's important because of whose he is. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? He realizes that his value and his worth is not merited upon what he can do, but his value is in the fact that he's Andy's favorite toy, that on the bottom of his shoe, his owner's name is written on that shoe. Watch this. Buzz realizes his worth is not defined by his job, his worth is defined by his relationship to his owner. Y'all don't go help me preach, and that's all right. Let me encourage you by saying this. I'm going to take these words and, and just manipulate them just a touch and encourage you by saying this. There is a God who thinks that you're the greatest. He really does. He thinks that you are the greatest, and it's not because you're a school teacher. And, and it's not because you're a nurse practitioner, and it's not because you're a software professional, it's not because you're an auto mechanic, it's not because you're a financial advisor, it's not because you're the senior regional director of such and such, and it's not because you work at Go Church on staff as a staff pastor. No. God thinks that you're the greatest because you are his son. You, you, are, you are his daughter. You are the greatest because you're his child. Do you see that? Write this thought down. You are important because of whose you are, not because of what you do. You're important because of whose you are, not because of what you do. Let me show you who you are, and don't flip the order of the importance, okay? Watch this. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. Man, the devil loves to whisper lies into your ear, doesn't he? This is, this is truth. You are, you are God's masterpiece. First and foremost, you're his masterpiece, okay? Now, the enemy wants you to think because of all the wrong you've done, God doesn't love you and you're not important to him. That's a lie. You're God's masterpiece, and he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do good things that he planned for us long ago. But watch this. You were his masterpiece before you ever did anything good. Uh, let me, let me uh, connect it like this. I, I loved both of my children before the ultrasound ever even happened. So the moment that Kimberly said, hey, we're pregnant, and then we're pregnant again, okay, that moment I loved my children and I'd never even seen a picture. Before I even held them and they looked up at me with those beautiful eyes and, and cooed at me, I loved them. Before they ever did one good thing. Before my son's first baseball game where he hit a home run, which was yesterday. Yeah. And, and when he hit the home run, you know what I said? He hit the ball harder than all y'all's kids. 
yeah, get you some of that. Got it from the old man. That's me. Got that from me. Before he ever did one good thing in baseball, I loved him. Before my little girl ever did one, you know, dance move in ballet, I loved her. Because my love for my children is not about what good they can do for me. It's based on their relationship to me. And this is why this is so important. Because if you believe that God only loves you when you do good things, then you'll also believe that God doesn't love you when you do the bad things. And God's love for you is unconditional. Even with the dumb stuff you just did and the dumb stuff that I did, God's love is unconditional. It doesn't mean that you should live your life however you want. It's just a beautiful reminder in Romans 8 that nothing can separate you from God's love. Come on, help me out this morning. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Why? Because you're the greatest, pal. God loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus to prove just how valuable you really are. Okay, I could keep preaching. I'm going to give you one more clip. The final scene from the original Toy Story. Enjoy. Great! Woody, the rocket, the match. Yes, thank you, Sid. No, 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 no. Woody, what are you doing? Hold still, Buzz. <laughs> you did it. Next stop, Andy. Wait a minute. I just lit a rocket. Rockets explode! I should have held on longer. Look, look, it's Woody and Buzz coming up fast! Come on, did you enjoy the movie today? It's really good. 
we're, we're definitely out of time, and I want to make sure that you have enough time in between, you know, transition to get your free pizza planet. I want to give you one quick final thought here uh, in preparation of today when I watched that final scene. This, this, this little thought jumped into my spirit, and I, w- I want to share it to you. At some point, every single one of those toys, they were purchased. Every, every toy that's in your house or if you're a parent or a grandparent, all those toys at one point, you bought them. Here's what I mean by that. At some point, they were owned by something or someone else, but you so desperately wanted them for whatever reason that you bought them. You paid for them. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? First Corinthians chapter number six, verse 20 says, for God has bought you with a great price. So then use every part of your body to give glory back to God. And I love this because he owns it. I wish I had time to teach a little bit longer on this, but I'll I'll just give you this quick thought. This whole verse is about the word redeem. When God sent his son Jesus to the cross at Calvary, Jesus did a redemptive work. What Jesus does best is redemption. Okay, this word redeem means to buy back or to repurchase. Notice it's not to purchase, it's to repurchase. It's not to buy, it's to buy back. Meaning at some point, at some time, by someone or something, you and I were owned by something else. And God knew it. Uh, Let let me give you this example. I got to hurry. Imagine it's kind of like we are all in a secondhand toy store. And we're sitting on the shelf in our brokenness. We're sitting on the shelf with our crushed ego and pride and our hurt and vulnerability. And we know we're in a place we shouldn't be. And, and then Jesus walks in. And Jesus says to whatever it is that owns you, he says, I, I want that one. How much is that? And while you're at it, I want that one too. And I want that one. And I want that one. And give me that one. And I'll take that one. And give me this one. And I want that one. And so whatever it is that owned us before says, well, you want them all? And Jesus says, I want them all. I want all of them. And the guy says, it'll cost you everything. And Jesus says, paid in full. I'll pay it all. Uh, I'll pay it all. Do you see that? He goes to the cross and he buys us back. He redeems us. So I always close with a question. I try to at least. And here's that question. Are you willing to let God redeem you? To buy you back from whatever it is that owns you right now? Because this is his best work, the work of redemption. Come on, think about it. Andy writes his name on the bottom of every toy's shoe. But Jesus wants to write his name on the soul of your heart. If you're willing to let God redeem you. Both of our campuses, our worship team is coming. They're going to sing a quick worship song. Our campus pastors are coming. They're going to give you more instruction on the free pizza. But before you get out of here and that pepperoni hits your tongue, you better know that God wants to redeem you. He wants to buy you back. And whatever owns you now doesn't have to keep owning you. Every head bowed, both campuses, every eye closed. Let the Lord speak to you as you answer this question.